0: up everybody welcome to our podcast i'm mac
1: and i am zach
0: (laughs) and uh and we're really excited to be back at it it's been uh it's been pretty crazy lately um with the the world and, world and, and, and quarantine and everything uh uh this wasn't uh this wasn't a thing uh i mean coronavirus was a thing but but we weren't forced to stay home and not go anywhere the last time we did the podcast so um, uh, a lot has changed and, um, work, work is crazy, man. Um, I'm as an exterminator, apparently I'm considered essential. Um, so yeah, I know I, I would have thought it was more of a luxury, um, to get your bugs killed, but, um, apparently we're essential and, um, we had, um, five, five, I think it's six now total cases we've had in Uvalde. Um, five of which have recovered but two of which were jailers and um that's what you absolutely don't want is it getting into the jail because all the people are confined in there and they'll spread it like wildfire um so my boss to to make sure we stay essential and have something to do he started that uh cleaning disinfecting service if you've seen uh videos of the the people in china the the ones in the white suits and the respirators with the goggles and everything. And they're, they're fogging everything to, to disinfect it. Um, yeah, that, that's what we started doing. So, uh, we went and did the jail and, uh, that was pretty interesting. Um, it took a long time. It took about four, four hours to, to disinfect the whole thing. But, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Uh, the sheriff took a video of us and, uh, put it somewhere on Facebook, calling us the Corona Busters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was pretty interesting. Uh, Zach, I know you work at H-E-B. How's your uh, coronavirus experience been?
1: H-E-B is insane right now, dude. There's like yeah. hordes, hordes of people pulling up in the morning. They're forming long ass lines, like some kind of sold out tour, but not really. But you, you walk in. <laughs> no, it's a sold out um, tour
0: toilet papers the the headliner and uh, they get too drunk before the set and they never make
1: it but there's like a <laughs> bunch of There's a bunch of departments that have, that have already closed down dude like uh, bakery Like I work in bakery right now uh, And the only reason bakery is still going is because we deliver tortillas to like nine or ten other HEBs and I'm, yeah. the driver, I'm the driver on the driver so basically what they do with me is they put me with a police escort as i deliver other tortillas that's crazy oh My god i'm just you kidding have... oh i was like what the <laughs>
0: hell i was like man <laughs> but it feels like that so you gotta get your tortillas
1: though dude it's insane hey, man i bet traffic's been great though it is dude i love it so much dude okay. oh man i shouldn't I'm say i'm not this. gonna say thanos was right but uh <laughs> <laughs> okay I shouldn't say this, dude, but, like, I kind of take a pit stop during my delivery, and I just – I've been eating, trying out a bunch of foods. Like, I've been counting it as my lunch break, which is, it is okay.
0: That's nice, but, man.
1: But, um, yeah, once – three of the stores that I've delivered to, they've, like, had employees tested uh, positive. So that's really crazy. Oh, my God, dude. That is you gotta insane. You got to
0: be safe, man. Dude, I, I'm taking, like, like – more precautions than than I think most other people are taking them I I mean I go into people's houses on a daily basis like in their homes in their personal space so like for one I've got to be making sure that I'm not taking something into their home and then at the same time I've got to make sure I'm not taking it from their home back to my home so like I'm of course I'm wearing gloves, but, like, I change them, like, all the time. Like, I'm going through so many gloves. Like, it's crazy. My boss was like, like do you really have to use so many gloves? But, like, I put gloves on, like, when I'm – when I mean, I already did. Like, I went through a lot of gloves already, but, like, now I change gloves, like, after I spray somebody's house. Like, I change the gloves before before I touch the, the paperwork to sign and do all the stuff, and then I change gloves, like – after, and I don't let people use my pen. I'm not, sh- of course I'm not shaking anybody's hands. And if they don't have a pen, I'm like, well, you don't need to sign it. But, um, <laughs> and then when I get home, like I take my boots off at the door and I was one of the people that was fortunate enough to get rubbing alcohol before it all went away because I was like, okay, they bought all the hand sanitizers. So the thing that's going to go next is a rubbing alcohol. Like there's, there's no way around it so I went and bought some so I've been spraying my boots and my phone and my wallet and my keys like every day when I get home with the rubbing alcohol just to just to disinfect it and then I I before I mean Tiffany's been staying with me since this whole thing started so before I say anything to her or talk to her or give her a hug or a kiss or whatever like I, I I strip my clothes off and I throw them in the washer and then and then um I'll go take a really hot shower uh, but yeah, I man, uh, just gotta be safe. Um, and there are some people that think it's a hoax, think it's the whole five G conspiracy, rolling out the radio waves, and the radio waves are making us sick. Yeah. And now some of that sounds compelling because it's like, <laughs> oh, well, every time we've had an epidemic, they've rolled out a new, a new uh, version of technology. Like with the Spanish flu, it was yeah. radio waves for the first time, like in our homes, and, like that's a big deal. But anyways, um I, I don't believe any of that. I think to an extent it could have an effect on us, but um
1: if, I don't we're, know. if, if we're too close to those towers for sure, it'll have an effect oh, on us.
0: Right, right, right. Well what they're saying is like, oh, your phones admit them and they're like, Well, what was the epicenter of the five G and what was the epicenter of coronavirus? Well, they're both Wuhan.
1: Yeah.
0: So I mean, I, I don't know enough about it to speak to it, but but I've heard a lot of conspiracies and I think that this is just another
1: another conspiracy. It um, it, it definitely sounds like a like a good movie theme by like for, like for for a late night movie that you see on yeah. on the sci fi channel at like yeah. three
0: AM. Dude, you know how bored we've been? We've been watching Ghost Adventures like all day, every day. Like that's what we've been doing. Like when I get home from work, we watch Ghost Adventures like that's and like cute. And it's been all like, a lot of what they deal with is demons and stuff,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, that
1: bothers the crap out of me, dude. Uh, Do you believe in ghosts and demons and all that?
0: Demons, yes.
1: Have you had personal experience?
0: Dude, um, <laughs> not not gonna get into it now. Um, okay, we got a ton of other things to talk about, but
1: that's true.
0: Yeah, yeah, um. I've had some experience with that stuff, and it's nothing to fuck with. And, and watching these guys literally fuck with it, I'm like, oh, my God, dude. Like, do you want to get possessed? Like, um, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I probably shouldn't be with everything that's going on, but I've been ordering a bunch of stuff off Amazon. <laughs> so... <laughs> so i guess we'll see if uh if that's my downfall
1: (laughs) and (laughs) dude it'll be funny if like the stuff you're ordering off of amazon was actually stuff that that you were trying to help keep you uh keep you sanitized and safe oh dude for real but it doesn't end up getting you sick because a bunch of the workers have been testing up positive for corona
0: oh yeah dude well we bought we bought a new bed um and that'll be coming in the mail, but we bought a, we bought a comforter for it. And then I, I looked at the comforter and it says all products made in China. And oh. I don't know if it's shipping from China, but it, it's, it's just one of those things like, man, that was the epicenter got coronavirus on my comforter. Now I'm going to take <laughs> it out as soon as we get it and throw it in the, in the washer. But, um, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to sanitize everything when it comes in. So, um, Just to be safe,
1: you know. So we're trying our best to be sanitary, but at the same time, both of us are being kinda ignorant as well. It's okay. Um shit, dude. I've been getting a lot of figures, dude. There's like there's a lot more plastic in my room than there is in the fucking ocean. (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) No be, I mean (laughs) I recently got this Mythic Legion's ogre figure. I I took a picture and I posted on my Instagram. He's in the background with, like, all these goblins that I got, like, last year. But I, I recently got that ogre figure in, and I got this uh, barbarian uh, ogre-sized figure as well. They're both on the same action figure line. And I got uh, Gutsen from Figma. That This figure came out many years ago, but it still holds up, and he's, he's pretty up there in price, but I got him. Shout out to Stimulus. And that's about it i have so far i have i think i might have something else coming in but honestly i, I don't remember anymore it's it's mainly just mythic legions from the from the four horsemen they kind of uh, been doing their own little kickstarter thing for years where they uh, make characters based off of their own design and original content and they have yeah. been slowly uh, building up this enterprise uh but all these characters are original. And if you don't buy them right away, they go for like 100 plus on eBay and like aftermarket months later. So it's kind of, you you have to be there at the right time to buy these figures at a decent price because these things skyrocket, dude. I'm a part of this page on Facebook and you have people selling one figure, not even in the package from between 150 to $200. They've been like uh, introducing all these new body molds. Like, uh, like when they first started, they were just creating like night figures like uh, the standard night figures but now they're introducing slimmer modes for the goblins bigger taller modes for like the ogres and the barbarians and they're bringing in elves as well and nice. uh, now they're like bringing in horses they're just they're really expanding because they're, they're doing really well it, it's it's a really sought after market because a lot of people want they want high quality fantasy figures like medieval figures uh, yeah that's really cool I'm into all that shit I got that. I got the uh, NECA three pack of the Halloween three season of the witch. It was uh, of the trick or treaters. And I posted a picture up of that one, like two weeks ago, I uh, did like a group photo with my NECA Sam and the, yeah. and the Halloween and the Halloween three trick or treaters. And that one got a pretty good buzz from like other. Yeah. I saw uh, those. this is look, look sick, man. From like toy to- from other toy f- photography groups so i have that um I, I have this big bundle pack coming in from big bad toy stores it's another mythic legions hall it has like this main ogre he's like his name is like uh Kurzog. he's like this uh He's, a, he, he's like a more detailed ogre. The ogre that I have right now is just your standy army builder type of ogre. But the, I have one more uh, one more standard army builder coming in. Then I have Kurzog, who, like, he doesn't have a helmet. He has more defined features, better paint apps. I have him coming in with, like, a dwarf and this, like, skinny barbarian type of girl. And, yeah, that's it. But... Big Bad Toy Store, they take a long time to ship their figures, so I i won't be expecting that for like at least a couple of weeks.
0: Have you been watching The
1: Clone Wars? Not at all, dude. Have you? Okay, spoiler <laughs> alert
0: for anybody who hasn't been watching it. I know Zach doesn't care. I'm just no, going to go through some stuff that happened uh, in this last episode because it just blew my mind. So um, we're at the Siege of Mandalore. And, and Maul is like running the syndicates, whatever. He's in charge on Mandalore right now and they're trying to overthrow him. Um, Ahsoka goes to Mandalore, you know, to, to seek out Maul. So Maul says that he, he thought that Obi-Wan would go to Mandalore. You know, he staged this whole war on Mandalore to lure Obi-Wan there to bring Anakin as well because Maul had a vision that Anakin would fall and be the new apprentice of Sidious. And he wanted to kill Anakin before it was too late and Sidious got power. Isn't that crazy? Like he had this vision and he's telling Ahsoka all this and he's like, I didn't want you to come. Like I wanted Obi-Wan, but it wasn't even for his revenge on Obi-Wan. It was to kill Anakin because he saw a vision that Anakin will become Vader. And how did he see this vision again? It's just a Force vision, as far as I know. Dude, and this is happening right before Order 66, like, in the midst of Episode 3, because Obi-Wan's going to look for Grievous, and Anakin has been assigned to the Chancellor.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, dude.
1: It's about to go down. Oh, it's so sad.
0: It's so crazy. There's two more episodes. Like, I don't know what the heck they're going to do in these two episodes, but... But it's so crazy to me that Maul knew about all this. It adds so much to his story now. I'm just like, holy crap! Like, he slowly, as they as they compile, like as crazy and stupid of a thing that it was that he survived at first. Like now, it's slowly growing into this amazing outline for a character, and I just everything they add to it, I love it. I know some people don't, but but um. It that's just, a great... That's it just great. gives the character more depth. Exactly. And and him and Ahsoka are fighting, and I'm like, well, I know neither of them die. <laughs> you, know? you know? So the big thing in that episode was that he was waiting for Anakin, hoping that Anakin would show up. He calls him Skywalker. He didn't call him Anakin. He calls him Skywalker. But, but, um... That's- yeah. That was crazy, man. Um... So, have you heard much about The High Republic?
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: The High Republic seems pretty cool. Um, So, it's going to be the next era of Star Wars, obviously. Um, It's set 200 years before The Phantom Menace, and the story will be explained through multiple voices, the span of adult and young adult novels, children's books, and comics from a variety of publishers. And I know Charles Soule has one of the first releases, a book, right? Yeah, Um, we love Charles.
1: It's called Light of the Jedi.
0: Yeah, dude, it's pretty sick. They just recently released all the character um, descriptions and all that. And the character descriptions are are pretty cool. I'll let you guys go check that out. Um, But I'm just going to read the uh, the overall description of the High Republic. So it says for over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were guardians of peace and justice. Obi-Wan Kenobi's words in Star Wars A New Hope have stayed with fans for years, inspiring questions, images, and wonder. What were the Jedi like at their best well before the rise of Luke Skywalker? How did they function in the galaxy? Who were they? In Star Wars The High Republic, Lucasfilm's upcoming multi-platform epic, we'll find out. Notice they said multi-platform. So I think we're going to get movies. I think these next movies will probably be set in that as well as maybe some cartoons or Disney Plus series, and maybe even some video games. Um, I recently played Fallen Order, that takes place five years after Order 66, and man, I would love a story like that within the High Republic. I mean, it is solid. Readers will see a very wide variety of Jedi in this area, says Lucasfilm publishing creative Michael Siglin. This is a hopeful, optimistic time when the Jedi are good and noble, and we want to reflect that in their characters while still giving them enough depth and dimension so that their individual personalities and idiosyncrasies shine through. The Jedi Knights of the High Republic are both aspirational and inspirational. In short, they're the good guys. While the Jedi are undoubtedly heroes in the High Republic, they promise to be varied, unique, and very human, no matter their species. We've put a lot of time and effort into making our Jedi feel like real, rounded individuals. Writer Cavan Scott, one of the architects of the High Republic, tells StarWars.com. They are all different, approaching the Force in individual and unique ways, yet are united with a common goal. They serve not out of unwavering dogma, like in the prequels, but a deep passion to protect the light and life. And they're all at different stages in their individual journeys. Some have experience on their side and some have the exuberance of youth. Some are still finding their place in the Order, while others step naturally into leadership roles. Some may not have chosen to work with the Jedi they've been posted alongside, but all are dedicated to be a guiding light for the galaxy. Individually, they are strong. Together, they are invincible. But like the best heroes, they each have lessons to learn and challenges to overcome. Exciting times lie ahead. Um, did you watch the the trailer for the High Republic?
1: Yeah, that's where they took you throughout the entire studio and like they introduced you to like the stories and the characters and like the whole like marker board of like character designs and all that. Yeah
0: Yeah, dude, the the one thing that I noticed on the marker board was a definitive end, it said. And I think that's good so that while they're planning, they know exactly where they're going not yes. like the oh, sequel yeah. trilogy where they went one movie at a time and it just kind of went plop and just ended however. Now, don't get me wrong. I love The Force Awakens, and I, I really, really, really enjoyed The Rise of Skywalker. But good God, getting from one to the other, it was like, it was a roller coaster, man. Um, but I'm glad that that as they're tackling this, even years before anything was released, they were already thinking about a definitive end. And I th- and I think that's the way it should be.
1: They already revealed like the villains, right? What are they called again?
0: The, uh, the Nile. They're like space Vikings,
1: which is really cool. That's a complete difference from like stormtroopers and clone troopers. Like these guys are just like very cutthroat. They betray each other within their own ranks. Yeah. So that's that, that's something different.
0: Um, I don't know if they're force users in some way, but but I think as this goes on, we'll probably get more into the force and other force users. I don't know if it would be the Sith, but there will definitely be something there has to be, Um, because I think it would be too easy to just have Jedi versus some space Vikings. Yeah, you know. I mean, this is just speculation, but I would think they're working for somebody else, you know, in higher ranks, kind of like Maul is the leader of the 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 crime syndicate. Yeah. Um, I would think that that these guys would maybe serve something higher, something more evil. But um,
1: it's all speculation right now.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's just me. I guess we'll find out eventually. But let's talk the rise of Kylo Ren. Today we will be talking the Rise of Kylo Ren issue number two. The Rise of Kylo Ren is a four-part comic series from Marvel Comics depicting the fall of Ben Solo, beginning with the destruction of Luke's Jedi Academy. What do you think? What do you think about this issue?
1: Um. Did you... Yeah, I, it's 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 it started out with this flashback, right? I just like how it had a, a bunch of nods to like previous storylines. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you, um, like in the beginning, what they're like heading out to this outpost, right? They're heading out to, to this outpost, and I think there's like some mention. Yeah, yeah, yes. yes, yes, yes. In, in the beginning of issue number two, they already mentioned the high republic right off the bat which is awesome tie-in already within itself
0: yeah and And, we we get to see a flashback of ben with luke and lore santeca going to that jedi temple and then they come across ren and luke dude he just kicks some ass like he knocks out the knights of ren like crazy you know you remember okay do you follow the the reddit star wars
1: leaks (laughs) <laughs> no
0: do you okay oh, yeah i do and for the last jedi there was this whole thing that they were that they were filming luke and he was fighting the knights of ren and he used his green saber and all this other stuff well that happens here luke fights the knights of ren and he kicked some ass dude and i i really wish that we could have seen this in uh in a movie but anyways it was an ancient jedi outpost that they oh, were right.
1: at I also recall Snoke having a very shitty wig. Dude, he looks so weird. I don't know if that's a wig or a hat, but he looks odd, man. But, like, throughout that, you see him doing, like, his very early manipulation of Ben. Dude, and that's what I'm wondering.
0: Like, was Palpatine fully in control of Snoke and everything he said? Or did Snoke have some control of his own? And that's not really explained to us. I mean, of course, um, he says he created Snoke, like, you know, but did Snoke have sentience of his own? Or was it Palpatine manipulating Snoke? Like, was it Palpatine? Was it Palpatine's doing? You know what I mean? Was Palpatine, like, fully controlling him? Like, was it Palpatine, or did Snoke have sentience of his own and make his own decisions? That's what I'm having a hard time with. Because all of all of the things that Snoke says and does is very very similar to Palpatine. What do you think, man? I mean, this is all speculation at this point. We don't really know.
1: Hmm. Honestly, dude, I don't really know either. Cause like, it's just like what you're saying. Like, Snoke does things. He does things that 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 makes you wonder if he like you said like if he's a uh, if he's like if he has some sentience over his uh, actions.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So. I'm just like,, um, I'm wondering about that, but I'm not I'm kind of just like yeah. left, I'm kind of left open-minded to it just to see hey, that's what, what we're happens.
0: here for, man. We're here to ask the hard questions so the other people don't have to.
1: <laughs> and I was gonna mention there was another uh, reference. You probably know who this character is more than I do. I just read the the, the freaking comic and I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, it, it says that Luke, um, they're like going to this temple or something. And uh, Luke, he like makes a reference to this character, Jocasta Newell. Do you mm-hmm. know what that is? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Ben sees a lightsaber-powered rifle like the one Jocasta used in the Darth Vader comic with Charles Soule. It's
0: wild, right? All these yeah. little references and everything that they put together. It's like further weaving the web. Today's Star Wars, all the it's continuity, all, dude, it's, it's so not,
1: good. It's all interconnected, man,
0: dude. Um, so Ren asks Ben if he's sure that the life he's leading is for him, and he drops his mask, he tells him to look him up if he changes his mind. And then we fast forward to the present, and Ben returns to the outpost to find the mask and pursue Ren. Three Jedi are seen following him there, so Ben's like. I want to be the leader of the Knights of in. <laughs> so he goes and gets a mask.
1: That's pretty much it, man. That's the thing about single issues. You, that, that's why I always buy trade back.
0: Yeah. It's pretty good, though. I've enjoyed it. Um, but I'm ready to get some real meaty stuff. Like, what made him turn? <laughs> Okay, so that Black Widow trailer dropped a while back. A while, and, while back, and, dude. And guess what coronavirus did? It changed the date to November.
1: Really? I thought they took it off uh, completely.
0: No, I, I, I'd seen that um, that they changed it to November. Let me see. Let me look it up
1: real quick. I could have sworn because, like, you know, everything is closed indefinitely, dude. And honestly, I, I foresee this. Going out through the rest of the year, dude. I don't know about you, but this coronavirus, it's not going away anytime soon. And it, it's good to have high hopes, but I'm just thinking more like rationally and like realistically.
0: Yeah. Hey, look, it was moved to November 6th. of uh, This year? Yeah. Holy
1: 2020. Shit. Okay.
0: Yeah. We'll see. Things are already getting better, man, honestly. And um, I mean, we're in Texas. They're going to start opening the state. They already have, actually. I mean, who really knows at this point? I'm not going to get my hopes too high up, but but November 6th is the release date. I think that, that more are going to do the home release on Fandango. They charge 20 bucks a pop. We watched The Hunt, and we watched... Um, what was that? Invisible Man? Yeah, was it good? We, we watched both of those, dude. Both of those were solid, man. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm a person that... I've got a 4K TV... I'll just rent the movie at home. I'll pay twenty bucks, and we'll
1: watch a movie at home. I'll buy a pizza, you know. There's also some theaters that are doing that whole uh, uh, that whole drive-in experience. Yeah, dude,
0: they actually opened a drive-in in in Uvalde at this restaurant, the Hangar Six, out at the airport.
1: airport.
0: I didn't go. They're showing old movies. They're not showing any new movies. So, I mean, these are things that I'm not going to pay thirty dollars a car to watch. Thirty dollars. To watch oh an old movie, but but once they start showing new movies, they're supposed to show 1917 sometime soon, like, I may pay $30 to go yeah. and uh, and watch that's a, that.
1: That's a classic vintage experience, dude. Oh, my God.
0: Well, we used to, when we lived in New York, we used to go all the time, man. I saw the, the first Spider-Man um, at the theater there, and I think Fast and the Furious was out around the same time. In that drive-in, we we saw them both at the drive-in.
1: All right, so Black Widow trailer, dude. You wanna know what I loved about the Black Widow trailer? What's up? It starts off with her in a trailer. (laughs) Oh man, was that the only? We're talking about
0: the second. We're talking about the final trailer,
1: right? Yes, the final trailer starts off with her in a white trailer. She's like off of finland or one of those nice ass countries i just love that yeah (laughs) i think like in the trailer you see like some clips of her talking with her sister i think her name is yelena and if i remember correctly her she's played by lawrence Pugh. anyways and this is this is right after the events of civil war so she's being she's being hunted by taskmaster who in the comics is known as Anthony Tony Masters Taskmaster has this like he's born with this natural ability that enables him to replicate observed action and he uses it to copy other superheroes' moves and like create defensive strategies accordingly and he becomes the criminal yet sometimes government sanctioned trainer known as Taskmaster and in this movie in this movie he kind of like he's he's the one who runs the black widow program and th- throughout this movie you see like this color theme of red throughout the entire trailer and I think uh, right after the trailer scene you see that he attacks black widow in a car so black Widow's being hunted and she's like parked on this bridge I guess he's hiding or she's doing something, and her car blows up, it flips over, and I don't know if she was hotboxing it or something, but this dude just fucking goes for it and tries to attack her. And you see Taskmaster also, like, afterwards, he's, like, watching clips of Black Widow from Iron Man 2. You know, that camera footage from, like, where she's uh, beating up all of the security guards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you see this huge screen of Taskmaster kind of like studying her movements so like he can defeat her. So and he, if you, um, I think they said that there's like a camera built into his mask to where like um, he can also record the fighting movements as he's fighting them. So when, so when he comes back and he watches the, the footage later, uh, he uses that to help him as well. And he, he's also using other aspiring Black Widows to hunt Black Widow herself. Okay, so you want to know what I thought? Go for it, man. Go for it. I didn't like it. <laughs> Why not?
0: And Why didn't you like honestly, it? Honestly, wait, wait, wait. And honestly, it just hasn't gotten me excited for the movie. None of the trailers have. It's like, oh, uh, well, we already know her fate.
1: You That's know?
0: True. It's like none of this really matters. This movie should have come out years ago. But here we are, after she's already dead, and we already know where she ends up. So what does it matter?
1: That's true, but it also like gives I, know, you more I know, I know, I know.
0: I but- know. I like
1: David <laughs> Harbour though. So <laughs> I mean but I'll go see it for him. But- from, like, from like what I tell this movie gives you more context though, like um like at the end of the movie you see um
0: i'm sure it does
1: but i don't want to spoil anything i don't want to spoil anything but like yeah um, don't i'm still gonna
0: watch it i'm just not excited
1: wait have you seen the final trailer yeah okay so make sure okay so but um they break out david harbour and um David Harbour and his co-star, they're kind of like the adoptive parents of Yelena and Black Widow, and the woman who played um, that uh, that main woman from The Mummy, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Her character in the comics, she's like this, um, she's actually a villain. So that's making me wonder if something's gonna happen, if like she's gonna betray Red Guardian and like the, the, the entire family because she has a, a, a big grudge against black widow in the comics. Yeah. But I
0: don't know. That's
1: man. that's another thread. And also I'm pretty sure Yelena's gonna die because if you pay attention to Infinity War, you see that Black Widow's character is wearing this green jacket, this green jacket vest, and it's 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 the same one that Yelena is wearing in the Black Widow movie. And also, Black Widow dyes her hair blonde, or bleach, like, like uh, what your face's hair is in the, in the movie.
0: Okay, okay. Still not excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not it's- trying to be negative, I'm just not excited. I'm going to see it, and we'll talk about it after we see it, but um, man, just none of the material has got me excited for all <laughs> the reasons I already told you.
1: It's cuz um, it's cuz it's cuz this movie's coming on after Endgame, dude, and Endgame was so fucking epic, dude. It should no,
0: but this should have been before, and I it's think a lot of people would agree with me. Yeah. Um it's like why now? <laughs> why don't you just give us a Hulk movie?
1: I think they're saving the Hulk movie for Hulk versus Wolverine, and they just they just bought the rights to Fox right now. And what's his yeah. face? Yeah. And uh Mark Ruffalo He's been saying it more than once in interviews that he he really wants a Wolverine versus Hulk movie, and yeah. to say it to say it that many times on his platform, like he knows everybody's listening. So if he's talking yeah. about it so, if he's talking about it so many times, then it probably has some yeah. weight to it, you know? And yeah, but a- isn't
0: Mark Ruffalo the same guy that left his phone on 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 uh, um, Instagram Live for the premiere of what movie was it?
1: Uh, Wasn't Ragnarok. that him? yes he's a ditz he's a ditzy guy but it doesn't mean he still can't be a I I feel like he he'd say anything whether
0: (laughs) there was anything to it or not
1: dude that's a great way to introduce the hulk and wolverine
0: yeah no
1: i'm for it it'd be cool but come on we'll find out it's gonna be a while but i'm excited for it dude it has a very Winter Soldier type of vibe, where it's like solely like action based, and you have all these crazy moves. It's not really like too heavily reliant on CG as opposed to Endgame was. So that's the kind of vibe that I'm getting, just like uh, Winter Soldier vibe. Which is funny enough, because in, in the comics, Bucky and and a, and a Black Widow they teamed up a lot. So wouldn't it have been cool to have Bucky in this movie? <sighs> still not excited (laughs) I don't know I'm gonna watch it but then again I'm the same guy I'm still gonna
0: watch it like I said but you know
1: at the same time I'm the guy who thinks Ant-Man has the best movies in the entire MCU so my tastes are very different they're good
0: no Ant-Man was good both both the Ant-Man Ant-Man and Wasp that was good as well I love the comedy I love Paul Rudd um i love michael pena um i mean i'll probably watch anything with them in it i'll watch that what's that movie on on netflix with michael pena it's uh extinction i think it is
1: oh shit and he was also in the narcos mexico i didn't see that i haven't watched that um
0: all right let's talk that four year strong album
1: Yes, pop punk, easy core, dude. Okay, Four Years Strong, Mac. When was the first time you heard Four Years Strong? Tell me. Were God you still in high it. school? Were yeah, you still man, in, high I was in high school? I was in high okay. school. For me, if, if I if, if it if it was not high school, it was definitely my senior year because I remember wasting time. That was a fucking anthem, dude. That was the first song I ever heard from uh, Four Years Strong.
0: Yeah. Um. I haven't been the biggest four-year strong fan, um, but um, I've liked them, and they've always been there. Um, this album was really creative and interesting from front to back. Um, it was yeah, different. Uh, it was yeah. really different. The bass tones and the some of the songs had uh, little intricacies and... and You know it's uh, the changes and it's uh, it's really interesting. My favorite track was um, "Talking Myself in Circles." Yes, Uh, (laughs) it's so good. Um, Second favorite was "Get Out of My Head," and then the third favorite I had was uh, "Learn to Love the Lie," and that one is so freaking catchy. It's like
1: I love the music video to that song. It's it's so so pop punk. Um, but
0: I can't, I can't get enough of the album, guitars, drums, everything. Um, oddly enough, I mean, the bass tone is just amazing. It's so beefy and solid and just huge. Like we should, I mean, it's a really good bass tone. Um, that's one thing that I, That i picked out of this if anything like the vocals are amazing the guitar is amazing of course you know but that bass tone in this album it's so thick and beefy and just in your face um that really stuck out to me um what are your favorite songs and what what stuck out to you on this album
1: well first off i gotta make this crazy comparison they said like for this record they wanted to push the boundaries of what a four year strong record is because i people people were worried that this album would be like uh that one album that was very radio friendly it's um in some way shape or form did you ever hear that album uh
0: no i don't think i did
1: okay well this one one is not
0: all radio friendly let me just say that learn to to love the lie is probably the most radio friendly song on there Uh, but that's about it (laughs)
1: <laughs> but if you ever listen to that album people were so upset with that album because like the structure is very simple they didn't take many um, uh, they weren't that I guess people people were saying they that they were great risks I Dude, love this, the
0: album, this album this album sounds so experimental
1: yeah but um, they they were also talking about how like they said throughout the record that they ended up noticing Like this, throughout this new record, they ended up noticing a theme of like identity crisis, figuring out who you are as a person as you're getting older and also being in the band and also having to juggle adult things like having a job, having a wife, having kids, paying bills and doing that as you're an aging musician is such a fucking uh, hassle. But you, you asked me about my favorite songs. I would have to say, well, you just said one of them. Uh, talking to myself hit me hard, to be honest. And I read the lyrics as I was listening to that song. And I feel like that song kind of like accurately depicts where I'm at right now, or at least how I feel most of the time, kind of like it's like this whole like endless mundane routine. And especially, especially now that we're in quarantine, that song hits a lot harder. Um, We're like, we're like a day feels like an entire week and you know, you lose track of time. And that's, that's one thing that I've always loved about this genre itself in general is that a lot of people, they give it crap. Well, once you look over the cliches, you find that, you know, uh, pop punk or easycore hardcore, whatever it's it's a genre that grows up alongside with you Like these dudes are singing about genuine human emotion They're experiencing the trials of getting older as all of us are and they present it to us in this like very raw form, you know it, it's it's not uh, It doesn't have it's not o- oversaturated production like you hear a, a lot of days most days and just like the lyrics they showcase some pretty good insight that you don't see or hear in a lot of today's popular music you know it's just like dance dancing and drugs and you know bitches but that song talking myself in circles that's definitely a favorite of mine and there is this this is acoustic one be good when I'm gone it's the only acoustic song off the album it, it it's very straightforward the structure is very simple but I've just always been a sucker for um acoustic songs like that that's the romantic in me that that always takes over Mac you know me
0: Yes sir um if I mean dude I feel that 100 percent um being in a band and, and getting older and having to make adult decisions and 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 all of those things and it's uh it's difficult it's um
1: choosing one over the other no matter what me or you do with our lives music is still going to be a big influence yeah on
0: us. yeah i mean sometimes it takes the back burner um yeah. in some
1: instances
0: but, and especially now that uh we're in quarantine um, but you see a lot of artists doing cool things in quarantine um, yes. with their music and releases and stuff. Post Malone just covered a whole um, hour's worth of Nirvana Yeah, with Travis Barker. Dude. Wait, Travis Barker? That, Yeah, dude. I didn't know that. It was so good, dude. I'll send you the video when we're done here. Um, but that it was I... good, man. Especially Drain You. Drain Ooh. You was so freaking good i couldn't believe it man it was like that was his response to puddle of mud uh covering Nirvana. it was because it was so like right after um but it was so good man um another example of music being timeless but um
1: and i also think what's his face travis scott he did a concert on Fortnite, right oh really yes dude he did it as, <laughs> I know that. As, an, as an avatar people had to pay like i don't know like 15 20 bucks and he did it in avatar format people had to get in the lobby like 30 minutes before the show started and it actually got a pretty good buzz he got a pretty good crowd what the heck? <laughs> i know
0: what the heck? that's cool as hell though all right that's gonna do it for us this week uh zach tell the good people where they can find you
1: You guys can find me on Instagram at uh, French Fries and Oreos. That's definitely a reference to an Adam Sandler movie. If you know it, let me know. Um, You can find me on Facebook under Zachary DeHoyles, believe it or not. That's my name. Find me on Snapchat under Nostalzak27. N-O-S-T-A-L-Z-A-K-27.
0: All right, guys. You can find me on Instagram at Mac Withrow. And, um on facebook at Mac Withrow. um thanks for listening uh make sure to give us a, a follow on facebook or all social medias we have we have facebook and and instagram at wookie of the year pod w-o-t-y
1: At this point, I'm just assuming Mac passed out while in the toilet, blowing it up, which is very understandable.